Okay. Should be all right momentarily. Just a second here. Let's get Joe Rayo back on. Isn't this fun? I appreciate everybody's patience. This is what happens sometimes when you're live streaming. Uh, it goes dead on you, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. So, uh, come on, Facebook. Give me load. And, yes, please do move at a glacial pace. Thank you, Mike Leona. I can't now. I'm trying to get Messenger to come up, and it's just taking forever. Oh, man. Thank you, Brandon, Dar Brandon Doherty, to, uh, for hitting Super Chat. Uh, most appreciated. I am. Where'd it go? I'm trying to open Messenger up. Hold on. All right. To do this a different way. Oh, finally. Okay, so we'll just wait for Joe Rayo here. I know this is the most. I know it does seem like John Charles. I use Windows 3.1. It's it's Windows 11. Okay, and this has started happening ever since Microsoft did their last update, which is so typical of them. You know, put out a product that doesn't work. That's, that, that, that doesn't work right, and then fix it later. Just so typical. Typical. Okay, Rayo's here. Hi. Hello. I, we haven't had one of those in about 10 days. <laughs> I don't know why. It, it, you know, I don't know what sets it off, um, but... Hopefully it won't set it. It won't happen now. So and now you know, and now you know why I ignore those comments on my computer every so often when it says, "Why don't you switch to Windows 11? Windows 11 is great. Windows 11 is zip, zip, zip. It's done." And I just say, "Screw you." I'm yeah. not dealing with Windows 11. I'm staying with Windows 10. Thank you very much. All right. So, so here's what there we're here's what we're gonna do. Because I want to edit this all out. So I'm gonna start. <laughs> so I'm gonna start the show now again. Uh, as uh, I know, it's just so ridiculous. All right. So let me start the show again. Ready? All right. On three, two, one. Tonight on the Joe and Joe Weather Show, we have calming weather conditions in the east as the winds drop off in the northeast and northern mid-Atlantic states. Winter storm warnings up in the upper Midwest and winter weather advisories extend from there all the way back into parts of the northern Rockies. And the winter storm watches that you see up in the west, well, guess what? 
their winter storm warnings up now. And we've got two storm systems that will be heading into the eastern part of the United States over the next seven days. So we'll be talking about that and more tonight on the Joe and Joe Weather Show. Brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware at 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, New York, and Southwest Suffolk County on Long Island. Serving the entire New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, tri-state area as they get ready for spring. They've got mulch, topsoil, and sand. And they still have some wintertime products just in case we get another winter storm. But there's still time. 631-756-1125 is the phone number. Nowhere can you find better prices. And the website is... OmniTrueValue.com. Well, good evening, Joe. Nice to see you tonight. Good evening. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, uh, yes, we had another one of these uh, crashes this time last time it was about 35 minutes into the show i will tell you this if it happens again during the show i ain't setting it up again so we'll just (laughs) call it a night but keep your fingers crossed that it doesn't happen and i i wish i could figure out why i get this beautiful blue screen that comes up that says um there's been a little a little problem they i forgot how it's phrased but it's it's just it's written in this sort of you know, really polite way. We're going to fix it for you and we will reboot your system. And then it just sits there. It sits there. So I just, you know, I powered down and powered up. Okay. Enough. So let's, let's talk about, let's talk about what's coming up because we have this blocking pattern. And uh, if, if we're ever going to see, uh, you know, this whole idea back weeks ago, we were talking about that. It looked like the kind of winter where we would just have to wait all winter long for the one chance or something of size and now that we have this blocking pattern of course we're coming we're at march 8th now so we're talking about this coming weekend every day goes by every day that ticks by the odds of a, of a big snowfall go lower and lower and lower uh, but we do have this first snow system for friday night and saturday i don't think that's going to be too big a deal and then uh, we're setting up for one almost right behind that for early next week and that one joe i think I think the pieces are there that if they come together the, the, in a certain way, uh, will produce a big snow for somebody in, in the Northeast. But, you know, pinpointing it now is a fool's game. But uh, I, I kind of thought that the potential was there. I think so, too, Joe. And I'll tell you why. It looks like um, the, the, the system now that we're looking at for actually for uh, Monday into early Tuesday that system uh, begins to uh, develop a secondary. The, the primary fades out much quicker than some of the other primaries we've seen out over uh, the vicinity of the eastern Great Lakes near Erie, Pennsylvania. Then the secondary starts getting revved up near the uh, Cape Hatteras coastline early on Monday. Now, that storm, that secondary, is well to the south of the tri-state area and gives it a chance to start revving up and gives it a chance to Uh, develop into something that could very well have major impact on us or maybe somewhere along the mid-Atlantic or maybe even up into uh, portions of New England. In fact, by the time we get to Tuesday uh, of next week, that system, which again will be near Cape Hatteras on Monday morning, by Tuesday morning may only be near Cape Cod. So we might be looking at for Monday from, let's say, later Monday into Monday night, a significant amount of precipitation and a significant amount of wind. And the question will be, and it might be early in the ball game to consider this, but the question will be, of course, what type of precipitation? It seems to me along the coastal plain, we might have 
more of a rain pattern, but uh, maybe inland rain and or snow. Again, that's these are questions. We're talking about something that's now almost a week away. Yeah, there's a so lot. We should, there, there's a lot at play here. We the, need to concentrate first on the Friday night and Saturday, right, uh, early course. Saturday event, and of see course. what see what goes on with that. And, and of course, what that does is ultimately going to impact the one behind it because it, it's all part of this very complex block that we have. So um, why don't we just get right to it and show everybody what we're, we're talking about here. So uh, let, let's uh, let's run through what's going on now, and then we'll get on to the maps. And everybody keep your fingers crossed. Appreciate everyone's patience, by the way, with uh, the earlier crash. Welcome to those of you on the chat board. Welcome those of you who are lurking behind the scenes on the uh, Joe and Joe Weather Show. Uh, we're on every night, Monday through Thursday at 7.35. And on uh, Saturdays and Sundays, we are on uh, at 11 a.m. Although I got a feeling we may be on this Friday. Uh, just to cover uh, this weather system. And the beginnings of this are getting underway now as we take a look at the latest watches and warnings map. Uh, we've got uh, some winter storm warnings that are up uh, in uh, parts of northeastern Iowa, southwestern Wisconsin, southeastern Minnesota, north the small portion of northwestern Illinois. Uh, also some warnings near the South Dakota-Minnesota border you see there, advisories from Wisconsin and northern Illinois that go all the way west up into northern Montana. We have winter storm watches uh, up for parts of Idaho and eastern Oregon, but winter storm warnings are now up for uh, the counties in the middle of the state and also once again in uh, northern California and down the Sierra Nevadas. A lot of rain is going to fall also in the, uh, in the state, and we have uh, flood watches up in many locations that extend downstate almost but not quite to L.A., and uh, we also have a few flood watches up in uh, Nevada, as well as wind advisories. So that's that's in play. Speaking of wind, Joe, the wind here is for today was a little bit less, although it was it was gusty early. And I noticed the gusts were up uh, in the 30 to 35 mile per hour range in the early afternoon uh, in parts of the northeast and northern mid-Atlantic states. But they seem to ease a little bit later in the day. Uh, it's still kind of gusty around tonight, but I think you're going to start to see the winds ease off a bit more tomorrow. Yes, uh, I think tonight the winds will still be, at least in the Hudson Valley, the lower Hudson Valley. I still think we'll be seeing wind gusts in excess of 20 uh, miles per hour. But I think tomorrow they'll kind of level off at 10 to 15. And uh, uh, we'll have to wait until uh, the next uh, potential coastal atrocity comes along and uh, rev those winds up again probably sometime uh, later on in the weekend. And again, more of that early next week. Yeah, you know what? That's what with the, a blocking pattern in March or even into April, you get a lot of, you're going to get a lot of days set up like this where the wind is going to be a problem. And in fact, if you look on the satellite loop, you could still see the storm that's well southeast now of Nova Scotia and Newfoundland, uh, that little ring there on the upper right. Uh, and it's beginning to start to pull away to the to the east, which is going to allow for some room and allow for this next system that's starting to organize in the northern plains. And there's quite a bit of moisture there. Also seeing some thunderstorms tonight uh, in parts of north central Texas uh, that have flared up uh, a number of lightning strikes going on there. Just want to check to see what SPC is doing because I really didn't even take a look at them today. Um, with respect to what they are forecasting here. And they actually do have a uh, marginal risk of severe weather 
uh, indicated for uh, the, that area where the storms are moving through right now uh, in Oklahoma and Texas. Not, no uh, tornado risk, or I shouldn't say no tornado risk, but uh, they don't have that uh, 2% area uh, uh, indicated. And then for tomorrow, uh, we have a marginal risk from northeast Texas, southern Arkansas, northern uh, Louisiana, and into northern Mississippi and northwest Alabama. Uh, this is th this this first system. This first system is, I don't know, I guess the best way I think of describing it, Joe, is that it's just kind of ordinary. There's it, 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 there's something there, but uh, it doesn't have the upper air support as we move forward for it to become uh, anything uh, of size and, and, and too problematic. I think it's going to play through pretty much is how models are advertising it right now. I'm not expecting it to become a bigger deal. And and the severe weather uh, the severe weather forecasts are kind of a clue to this because if this was going to become a big deal, I would I think you would at least see some slight risk of severe weather uh, right. indicated uh, in in the uh, in the southeastern quarter of the United States over the next uh, two days or so, but you're not seeing that. So that kind of tells you that the atmosphere is not overly ripe for anything of size with this lead system. Right. The lead system is going to move into western uh, Pennsylvania Friday evening, and then it will begin to weaken. There'll be kind of a handshake of sorts between the fading primary over central PA by uh, late Friday night, and now the new system begins to take form somewhere east of the Virginia Capes. And that system starts to wind up, but by the time it fully gets its act together, it's now pretty well south and east of the tri-state area. And uh, while I, I, I believe we're going to get uh, precipitation out of this, it doesn't really look, and I agree with you, Joe, it doesn't really look like we're going to see a whole heck of a lot. And uh, the question in my mind is, it might be cold upstairs, but down by the surface, down where everybody happens to be, uh, it's going to be marginal as to whether or not the, uh, the snow... Uh, manages to make it down enough and to uh, accumulate to any degree. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a kind of a wet snow deal. Well, we managed and, uh, we managed to do it twice, though. I mean, we just had it happen, what, the other night? Uh, it's in, some, not everybody got it. You didn't see yeah. anything, but right. uh, areas just right. inland did. And then, of course, the one snowfall that actually have sized from last week was done with um, with marginal uh, temperatures at low levels. And you know what? This time of year, but uh, Joe, you forgot. I'm not saying you forgot. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But the one that we had last week, don't forget, we had that uh, frontiogenesis line, that area, oh, right. uh, that that ribbon, which which provided the dynamics to allow the precipitation to come down really hard and literally cool the atmosphere enough so that yeah, we ended up getting a significant accumulating snow. I don't really see that. Yeah, with it, this system coming up uh, for right. Friday night. No, you're absolutely right, and 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 that does when we get it. Certainly, when we get into the month of March, um, it's important all the time to have that. But especially at this time of the year, you really need to have it. Radar's quiet pretty much up and down the eastern seaboard. We've got a few scattered showers uh, in parts of uh, north northwestern Georgia. It looks like a couple of showers dying out around Atlanta. Uh, by the way, the pollen count in Atlanta today, I think, was like something like 2,600. 2, so, you know, pollen sufferers down here are kind of going crazy. Uh, 
Uh, wow. We've got a few showers scattered around in Alabama. Uh, you see them also a little bit of a cluster of thunderstorms in the southern part of the state. Here's that complex that SPC is talking about with respect to the potential for severe weather north of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. In the upper Midwest, we've got snow in Wisconsin and Minnesota and into Iowa that is developed there. Uh, some streaks of snow in parts of South Dakota, starting to get a little precip developing in Montana, uh, in Wyoming, and over in Utah. And the beginnings of more moisture that's coming in uh, to the great state of California. WPC and the seven-day rainfall, speaking of uh, liquid precip amounts, speaking of the West, take a look at this. It's up and down the whole West Coast, Joe. Uh, even down to San Diego, the uh, one-inch precip line over the next seven days, but not too far north of there. We're talking about several to, in some places, uh, as much as 10 inches of rain along the coast over, over the next uh, seven days. And in the Sierra Nevadas, this is this is going to be interesting to see. Now, I, I have no idea about how how the, the, I mean, I know about the geography out there, but in terms of the topography and how how it works when you get a lot of snow and then you put rain on top of it. Do they get flooding in the, in, in the Sierra Nevadas? I don't know. I don't know how, what the history of that is. So I'm going to leave that to the weather service offices out there. They obviously know what they're doing, but uh, WPC Joe, that's a stripe, that yellow stripe there in the Sierra Nevadas is 15 to 20 inches of liquid precip. And, wow. and, and not all of that. <laughs> yeah. And not all of that is going to be snow. Um, uh, in some places there, much of it is good. The lower elevations uh, may see more rain than anything else. So, um, you know, I, I, does that cause serious flooding? I mean, I, I, I can't imagine it's a good thing after you've just put down anything, anywhere from five to 10 feet of snow in some places. And now you're going to put down uh, 10, 10 to 15, uh, 10 to, uh, I'm sorry, 15 to 20 inches of rain on top of it and heavy rains by the way go all the way up uh throughout the pacific northwest in the east uh, now you're seeing where wpc has got this ocean moisture this this is what they're showing here covers two systems so we're talking about uh half an inch to an inch and a quarter near the coast and then just offshore touching coastal new jersey and the south shore of long island is the inch and a half line and i suspect that as we move through the next day or two as models start to zero in on what's going to happen with the second system We'll see uh, these amounts maybe go up or down, depending on you know what what transpires. Uh, also, some heavy precip across the Gulf states, uh, inch and a half to some uh, two and a half inch amounts across northern Mississippi, Alabama, and and uh, into Georgia. And as far as snow is concerned, uh, oh, of course the map had to reset. Okay, so I, I had it preset and loaded the talk about snow so let's i'm going to do that now i'm going to load this up we'll uh we'll get the uh weather service digital forecast for uh, the northeast and then we'll go out and look at the west so this is now updated with tonight's forecast because they've kind of they only went out to Saturday morning 12Z, so there might have been a little bit of time missing if someplace wound up going a little extra hour or two. But this is what they're doing at the moment. And and the only thing I'll say is that they've now brought the one the coding to an inch line to New York City here. And then right. running along I-95 to about Trenton to just northwest of Philadelphia. So that's one change. Now, 
I'm not good enough, but they obviously, I guess, however they figure this out, they put that little patch of snow over uh, uh, East Central Suffolk County. I don't know. <laughs> and, and, no, and nowhere else, by the way. Uh, <clears throat> One-inch amounts in Connecticut. Uh, some two and three inch amounts in northwest Jersey, which I think makes sense. Also uh, in the Hudson Valley, mainly west of the Hudson uh, and on up into the Catskills. Uh, so they're not showing anything big here. There's a six print there uh, just east where Route 80, near 80 and 478. So I imagine yeah. that's probably Mount Pocono or Hazleton where they yeah. got the six. Yeah. Well, I, I, let me let me just say that and to make sure that the uh, our audience knows what you're seeing on the screen now is not man-made. It is totally and completely done by machine. And what I'm thinking, Joe, for that area on Long Island is that maybe the algorithm that is built into the uh, equation to produce this particular map uh, is catching upon, let's say, the pine barrens that are out in eastern Long Island, which always tend to be much colder, even in parts than parts of the Hudson Valley. And they're saying, oh, oh, okay, this this part, this area right here is cold, cold enough right. to snow. Let's put some snow down over here. And that's why they, they have that as opposed to uh, the rest of Long Island. I, I'm just guessing. Yeah, that's, no, that's, so you're that's probably thing. right. And I'm thinking tomorrow morning you'll probably see a, a, a map that probably that, – that should better reflect – What's going going to be going on? Uh, some higher amounts, by the way, in southwestern New York, a four, five, six inches there. Uh, we'll move it out into uh, the uh, Great Lakes states, where we've got these advisories and these winter storm warnings up, and you can see amounts here of six, seven, eight inches. They've got a four print for Chicago, an eight print for Milwaukee. Um, uh, let's see, I can't see. Uh, Windsor, which is on the Canadian side of Detroit, they've got a five. So I, I guess they got five for Detroit. Uh, Madison in Wisconsin at six. Minneapolis at eight as we go further to the west. Pierre, South Dakota with a five. Bismarck, North Dakota also with a five. There's a few nines and tens here uh, near the Minnesota-Dakota uh, state line. And then we go out to the west which is pretty much covered everywhere over the next... Yeah. Uh, this is, by the way, through Saturday evening. I have to keep go wider here. So, you know, virtually most of the West, except the places where you wouldn't expect any snow anyway, uh, they are uh, showing some pretty big numbers in Idaho of, uh, you, know, that, you know, those yellow streaks are 32 inches or more. Uh, you've got a couple of those streaks uh, in... Um, in, in Idaho and also in the Cascades. And then, of course, our friends in the Sierra Nevadas that know nothing about, you know, nothing other than double-digit snow amount prints or even triple-digit snow amount prints, the way things have gone uh, out there. So pretty for, 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 for March, for, for today, March 8th, and this is a forecast, uh, this isn't too shabby as far as snow activity is concerned. No, and in fact, uh, we all remember Five years ago already, Joe, five years, we had uh, storm number, nor'easter storm number two. Yes. Uh, and that, that one dumped upwards to two feet of snow across portions of the tri-state area. Yep. That was, that was number two. That was and we the, still had two, and then we still had two more to go. Two after more to that. go. That's right. Uh, and that was quite a week. And that was a blocking pattern that, that, that was a blocking pattern that had, um, uh, 
all the teleconnections in these really extremely negative states, including a negative East Pacific oscillation that was like, remember, right. it was five or six standard deviations negative. The PNA, even the PNA, the PNA was so negative that it, it, it was you, off the charts. It was off the charts. And, and the thing is, most of the time when the PNA is negative, it's not necessarily not really a, 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 a good thing for snow lovers in the East. But because the EPO was off the charts negative and the NAO was off the charts negative, I doubt that I'm going to ever, you know, that was, I, I, I'm going to say this, that that's that's probably a one, that was probably a once in a 20 or 30 year uh, weather setup that yeah. we'll probably never, never see again. Well, um, I don't know. I intend to still be here in 30 years. <laughs> okay, well, okay, uh, and, and and of course, if you are, you know, we'll be uh, you know all Monday through Thursdays at seven thirty-five and That's Sundays right. at eleven a.m. <laughs> Although we might be live from, we might be live each in our own nursing facilities, but that's neither here nor there. WPC. Uh, the probability of at least two. Now they uh, on their late afternoon forecast, Joe, they nudged that 40 to. And I, you know how I like that 40 to 50 percent line. They nudged it a little bit further to the east, almost into northeastern New Jersey. So they're kind of going in that direction. And the uh, 80 percent or higher is in northeastern Pennsylvania, covers all of the northern half of Pennsylvania. And of course, you see the dark red, which is certitude of, of almost of 100 percent probability for at least two. And that stretches across uh, Wisconsin uh, and uh, Michigan, Wisconsin. Uh, into Minnesota and Iowa and into North Dakota. And of course, as I widen it out so we could take a look at the West, uh, it is uh, you know pretty busy out here with big snow amounts. I'm going to put the probability for at least 12. And the Cascades, the Sierra Nevadas, uh, the uh, mountains in, in, in central and northern Idaho, uh, very low probabilities of 10%, 10 to 20% uh, in um, Wisconsin. Uh, in uh, southern Wisconsin, uh, including Milwaukee, by the way, and in, in eastern Michigan, which uh, you, it looks like uh, Detroit is just out of that 10 to 20 percent for uh, at least 12. And you're not going to see anything in the northeast. I didn't expect to. And I think you're going to probably see WPC play around here in the long range uh, on their uh, snow forecast with a probability of at least a few. So uh, this is Saturday into Sunday. Load. Thank you. For, thank you so much for loading. Put the state borders on so we can uh, see. Uh, this is Saturday into Sunday uh, into uh, northeastern North Dakota and Minnesota. Sunday into Monday. Uh, some snow in the Appalachians there. There you go. And uh, so 10 to 30 percent and also back up into Wisconsin. Then Monday into Tuesday, they have the southern edge of 10 to 30. I'm going to be curious to see if they pull this a little bit further to south based on today's day run European, which they did not see when they drew this map. Um, the 10 to 30, the southern edge there, southern Connecticut, northwest New Jersey, 30 to 50 up in the Catskills and points north and also in the Berkshires and White Mountains uh, in, uh, in New England. But uh, that's going to be my clue to see where their head is going when their next forecast comes out a little bit before midnight, which I can promise you I will not be staying up for. Well, that's, that's you know, Saturday night before you all go to bed, set that clock ahead one hour, 
And when you do that, you're going to set all the weather data ahead one hour as well. And that's why Joe is not going to stay up, and neither will I. I mean, it, it would have to be something exceptionally interesting for me to be so curious as to stay up until 2.15 or 2.30 in the morning. I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. So <laughs> I'll, I, I'll wake I, up the I, next morning. And, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't. I, I certainly didn't have to do it this year. You know, I, I, I might have done it in, in the case that if it was some sort of big event, I, I would stay up to see the fir- beginnings of the, you know, at least the first part of the European when let's it was put in it range. This, but I'm not doing that either. So Let's put it this way. If nature if nature calls at like 3.30 in the morning and my curiosity factors uh, of a certain uh, limit, I, I might just stalk into the kitchen with the laptop just to check what, what the uh, European has said. But uh, that having been said, <laughs> we'll we'll wait. Yes. Um, so. so here's our blocking pattern. Uh, it's a, a very obvious blocking signature that you're seeing. I'm using the GFS model at the moment, but I will be switching to the European to, for comparison's sake. There's your big blocking high. Uh, we're talking um, anomalies up, up there that are 360 meters higher than they normally would be. You know, that's a pretty exceptionally high departure from normal uh, so higher than normal pressures <clears throat> in the northern latitudes lower than normal pressures in the southern latitudes and you see the effect of that with uh, these storms one in the Atlantic that's south of Newfoundland uh, you've got uh, the system that's off the coast of the Pacific Northwest uh, you also have a trough down along you know 160 down toward Hawaii and that's something I've always said you want to you want to look for you know, that troughing that's down uh, to that latitude. It's also a split flow because there's another upper high that's uh, in the uh, in the Gulf of Alaska near the Aleutians. And that, Joe, is probably helping with a little bit of negative East Pacific oscillation influence, which I've always said is probably of all the teleconnections, that's the one that's most important. Now, let's, let's move forward and show you what the GFS does. And we're going to look at the European... Because there are some distinct differences when we get uh, through the weekend and the next week, so we can look at these two storms. So you see the energy in the northwest. It comes in. There's a shortwave trough that that is from northwestern uh, North Dakota to Iowa on early Friday morning. That breaks away, forms this cutoff low that moves across Pennsylvania off the New Jersey coast, and it keeps moving southeast. Which is another reason why, uh, another reason why, Joe, that we're not going to see much from this first thing. You'd want this upper low, but it's here in in, in the Central Great Lakes. You'd you'd want to see it dive down towards, say, Virginia or North Carolina, and then right. lift up northeastward, offshore, between the Delmarva Peninsula and Cape Cod, somewhere in there. Uh, that would make this a very very bullish scenario uh, from the standpoint of not only uh, precipitation, but in terms of the, the, you'd probably get a deepening storm in that case. But instead, it's doing it way out to the east. It goes down southeast out uh, into the Atlantic, not too many miles north of Bermuda, a fair distance, but not too many miles. And then it makes that turn and goes negative tilt and heads up towards um, Newfoundland. However, that storm's really important because it does go to the what we look at it called the 50-50 low. Uh, and you see it here. This is uh, later Monday, right in this area here. We have 
the the storm from Saturday, and that allows the next short wave, which is uh, by Monday evening, is in the Ohio Valley. That allows it to dig down. And the thing is, Joe, the GFS today uh, uh, on, on the on the 18Z run uh, makes the cutoff. But what it does is it takes and it develops that secondary low right along the Virginia, North Carolina coast. And what it does is it takes it straight east and then, you know, east of 70, then turns it north and then northwestward. It gets captured by the upper low in the Gulf of Maine. And you wind up with a big snowstorm in eastern New England, all the way down from, you know, southeastern New England, all the way up to Maine. That's what the GFS did on this late run. On the earlier run, it was it was a lot flatter. So the GFS is kind of sniffing out that maybe this might be a little bit more important than what it what it was advertising earlier. The European, on the other hand, uh, is uh, been consistent for several runs now to show something starting from yesterday, and it, it continues to hang on. It it you know it kind of pretty much is the same with this lead system as we said. It goes more southeast and east, and then lifts up. Gets into that 50-50 low position, and here comes the the next upper low. You see it there over the Great Lakes, and it really strengthens it and pivots it or pivot pivots it around, so that it's sitting somewhere southeast of Long Island by Tuesday afternoon. So right. this is why that that's the main difference between the two models is is really how it responds to this lead system, and whether it can dig far enough south, south and east and then lift up to the northeast. This, the European, what I just said that the first system isn't doing is what the European is doing with the second system. Right. And and I, I love that little sweep and that little curly cue, how it comes down off the coast and, as you said, goes north and then northwest. Um, yes. And that And that obviously is in response to the upper low. Uh, the two systems are the upper low and the surface system are trying to become vertical, so to speak. And we see that a lot. Uh, uh, during the great uh, uh, blizzard of 1978, uh, those of you uh, who remember that and uh, can go back that far may remember that uh, the storm actually did kind of a little loop-de-loop south of uh, Montauk, uh, almost idling in neutral gear for a while. And that's what eventually led to the tremendous snows that fell uh, in our area, but especially so just to the just to the north of that looping, which was in eastern Connecticut and Rhode Island, parts of Rhode Island, because of that a little loop, ended up with anywhere between 30 and 50 inches of snow. Not saying that that's going to happen next week, but that just goes to show you what happens sometimes when you get the two teleconnecting, the upper low and the surface system. Jason Kaplan, by the way, hitting super chat, uh, the super chat tip jar. Thank you, Jason. Most appreciated. I'm just trying to catch up from, uh, you know, the, the uh, crash from earlier today. And Brandon Doherty, I saw hit hit us earlier too, right before we had the crash. Um, I, I switched down. I have uh, the European up. The new 18Z European is up with, so we can look at the first system. Uh, it's kind of the same as the eight, the 12. It's it's beefed up the moisture a little bit and pushed it a little bit further north and northeast from the last run. Uh, so there's your primary low. Now, at least Joe, at least Joe, with this one too, you're not taking a low into Michigan. You're not taking a low right. up into Wisconsin. You got a primary in northern Kentucky, 
that winds up going near Pittsburgh. Uh, and then, of course, the secondary is going to pop up right there along the North Carolina coast. You've got the precip that's pushed up. Again, this is pre uh, precip amounts that's being shown. It's not showing you precip type. So don't think it's raining all the way up into western New York. It isn't. And your surface low comes off the North Carolina-Virginia coast, makes a little nudge to the northeast there by the time we get to early Saturday morning, and then it starts to drop southeastward. And you see it right there. So that's why we're not going to get – we're going to just get whatever we get from the developing low and that sort of inverted trough that extends northwestward into upstate New York. And usually in, in cases like this, it's pretty limiting. And then, of course, you could already see the next one shaping up. Now, this one at 90 hours, so this is 12Z Sunday, you've got a surface low in Minnesota. You've got a surface low in northeastern Texas. <clears throat> and as we uh, switch over to the 12Z, they kind of match up pretty well. And you also could still see the back edge of the storm ahead of it. This one takes a track even further south. The low's up in northwest Georgia, and the primary's already gone. The, the low up in Minnesota with the upper low is gone. And uh, the important low is in South Carolina near Charleston. Then it's near Hatteras. And here's where it differs from the, the GFS. It actually brings the low up fairly close to the coast of southeast Jersey before it starts to pull it away to the east-northeast and deepens it to a 974 low. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's quite the animal there. That it makes. Then it does a counterclockwise loop in southeastern New England and then moves out to the east. So if, you, if you're if you rooting for a snowstorm, what you got to root for is, is you don't have to root for much. You want it a little bit further southeast than what this run showed. Uh, and then you might be uh, in business for a, a, a full-scale event. But, uh, you know, again, this is the world of the European. I mean, but it is, Joe, very – I mean, it does really deepen this – down to a 970 here near now, Nantucket. If you, if you allow uh, allow me to, uh, uh, or if you would share uh, my screen. Yes, I'm going to do that. I'm going to going to take a chance that it doesn't crash. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Okay, are we are we in sharing mode? I think uh, we are. You are. Shall, right, shall we? Surely. Hang on. Oh, I see what's wrong. Your my screen. Your screen uh, shrunk, so I have to. Okay, now there we go. Now, I mentioned this earlier uh, about the, uh, the, the frontogenesis, uh, the omega, the area of dynamic upper atmospheric uh, energy here. And let me just now this this is I want to just make sure I have the correct times here. So this is zero Z Thursday. Let's fast forward now. This is the European, I should add. Why isn't anything moving? Come on, move. Nothing is moving. What's wrong here? Click your mouse on the thing and then hit the arrow key. That usually gets it. Yeah, well, I just boom. There we go. And I want to make sure this is 12Z. All right, it is. And all right, so I'm moving things along here. I want to show all of you that with the system that we're looking for for Friday night, this is Thursday afternoon. Here we go, 12Z Friday. Now take a look. Now here at 7 a.m. on Friday morning, here is what I'm talking about, that, that area of energy that you would like to see if you're, if you're rooting for a possible snow event. You want to see something like this pass over. 
because this is where you get all the dynamics. Uh, this is where you can bring down uh, the snow a, a bit heavier and steadier and help maybe to cool the atmosphere. But look what happens now as we move along uh, to uh, the uh, the midday hours. Where is it? It went it, it went away. And uh, once we get into the evening hours, it's gone completely. That energy that you want to get or you want to see is totally and completely gone as of 7 p.m. on Friday night. Then looky what happens here. South and east of New Jersey, we're beginning to see uh, some uh, action beginning to take place now off the coast. And as we move along here, look, look, there it is. There is that offshore system. There is the secondary. You could see, look at the upper level winds indicating there's the center of the secondary. And to the east and south of the secondary is all the atmospheric energy that you would like to see to bring forth a moderate to maybe even heavy burst of precipitation. It's all way out here, out over the ocean, and nowhere near where we are. We are probably going to be seeing precipitation, you know, winding down, but not enough really to uh, to make a big fuss, and that system goes away. Now, you're saying to yourself, all right, Joe, that's the Sunday of the uh, – the Friday the night, way, Saturday Joe, system. Just for a yeah. second, before you move away, because you, you could see the zero line, and a few people were asking about that. Can you show them where the freezing line is? Well, this is at this is at uh, seven hundred. Okay, never mind. It's too high. We could I do, mean, I we could, could do that separately. Yeah, I could show you using thermodynamics. All right, it well, gives you two meters. Well, do but, the, go ahead and keep going with the F gen. Okay, now uh, for next week, the Monday system. And that's the one that uh, we've been talking about shows a little bit more promise. You can begin to see, here we are 12Z Monday off of uh, the Delmarva coastline. You begin to see some of that energy beginning to take form as the secondary begins to wind up. And now, look at that. There's a nice narrow stripe here uh, immediately adjacent to New Jersey and then going south and east out to sea. And you say to yourself, ah, oof, or as my grandfather would have said, my Italian grandfather is that oofa? It's it's going to be another one that's going to miss us. Well, maybe not necessarily so. As it moves northward, notice that it continues to uh, develop, get its act together. And now, remember what Joe said: how uh, the system, the surface system, kind of comes up around and then loops to the north and west. And take a look at this: it is looping. Look at that! Look at that! That area that literally just curves all the way around until it's almost back into. Well, the lower Hudson Valley by Tuesday morning, 12Z. And then we still have, look at this, a little break-off piece that's over Long Island and in the vicinity of New York City for 18Z. This is on Tuesday now. And then it's pretty well gone. There, by the way, there is the system, the uh, uh, the uh, secondary. It's sitting there. But it probably, what what, what is happening here is that during Monday into Monday night and early Tuesday, it occludes to maturity. And so now it just it just uh, is weakening as it moves out and away, as you can see with the wind barbs uh, away from the coast. But that is interesting that, indeed, the system winds up and kind of loops around and tries to come back into our area for uh, early Tuesday morning. That will be something to watch, Joe. I think that'll be something interesting well, and, for, and, for and us by to, the way, to And see. by the way, we're making the assumption here that the Euro, you know, that that is assuming that the European is right on this idea where we've got, you know, this, you know, massive deepening low underneath a vigorous cutoff in the upper atmosphere. So 
we're not 100% sure that that's going to happen yet. Uh, but uh, I guess if you're, you know, if you're if, if if you're a snow lover, you have to be at least rooting for the on, on the on the premise that the Europeans been doing this for two days now and hasn't really backed off. So uh, and the GFS seems to be still in that mode where it's kind of changing things. It had a very flat system earlier today. Now it's got this dynamic system, but it's 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 just further north. So we'll have to see. Well, the next few runs may. I think it'll be pretty important in terms of establishing which model's got the right handle on it, and then we can sort of figure out where we're going to go from there. And take a look now. This is somebody asked for the uh, the 32. Degree. Now this is two meters. This is what six uh, six feet above the ground or whatever. Right. This is about as close. This is about as close as you're going to get to a to a surface temperature. This is the European again. Zero Z Saturday. This is 7 p.m. on Friday night. Take note of the fact that right here in the heart of the Lower Hudson Valley. The temperature, the uh, isotherm here, is 35 degrees. The 32-degree line is way up here toward Timothy Veltman land, up in the Albany area. And from here to here, 32 to 35, and then 35, and right along the uh, coast of Long Island, the Jersey Shore, we have 40-degree temperatures. So even though it's going to be cold up top, um, well below 540 thickness uh, for snow, as it's coming down, it's coming down into, now this again is according to the European, a milder airflow. So what we may end up seeing is big, wet, slushy flakes. But with these temperatures, if you take these at face value, there isn't going to be very much in the way of accumulation, save for maybe colder surfaces like car tops and grass. But you say, Joe, wait a minute, that's 7 o'clock on Friday. How about later in the night? How about, oh, let's say 1 a.m. on Saturday? Well, by 1 a.m. on Saturday, the 32-degree line is still even north of my area. Um, uh, the lower Hudson Valley, for the most part, is between 32 and 35. And uh, just south of Long Island is the 40-degree line. So this is a relatively warm, low level um, in terms of uh, temperatures. Uh, so again, uh, the question here is how much can stick? Maybe, maybe st uh, sticking again to the colder spots. But uh, this well, doesn't necessarily well, look see, like that. Go to 7 a.m. I'm just kind of curious as to. 7 a.m., the 32-degree line is right about on top of my house. Right. And the 35-degree line is right along the coast. So, well. well right along the Connecticut you're, coast. You're, right. You're going to have to get you're going to have to get some kind of intensity in order to, to, to make these numbers be too high, which is not impossible. But uh, with a system like this where you're not dealing with. All that F gen, as you say, um, you know. Well, here's that, that, the storm. Yeah, it's here's it's, the storm down here, and the F out. gen is is way out over it's here. It's way so. out. So that's so. why that's why this one is probably the lead system is not going to be, you know, it's not going to be much with respect to uh, snowfall. I mean, it, you know, maybe somebody winds up with a, um, a a few inches inland, and maybe a coating to an inch on the on the on the coast if it comes down hard enough. But I just don't, I, you know, again, with all the dynamics you've been showing, it's pretty, it, it's pretty obvious that there's not a whole lot of upside here. And it, you know, uh, for the folks who are putting their, all their eggs in the basket for uh, early next week from Monday, here's, here's the system. You can see it quite clearly. Again, this is on the, um, the smooth contours for the two meter air temperature on the European. Now the European, remember, had this system coming up and the, the energy kind of swooping around and back. But what can you do, Joe, when the temperatures are this warm? I'm not even sure 
let's see, the 32-degree line at 1 o'clock Monday afternoon is way up here. And this is, I, I suppose, 35. I'm not sure if this is 35 or 40, but it's right over the heart of uh, eastern New York. And then as we get into the evening hours, let's say 7 p.m. on Monday, here's the storm quite obviously. But look, the 32-degree line is still up near the Adirondacks, for goodness sake. Here's 35. New York City would be 40. So maybe we do get a big storm, and maybe it does wind up to be something. But it looks like, at least uh, based upon this, the low levels of the atmosphere are so warm that this could be more rain than anything well, else. It's pretty tucked in here. It's still yeah. pretty fairly tucked in. Keep yeah. going. Let's just see, just see when we get to Tuesday morning. Okay, well, here's 1 a.m. on Tuesday. Now the, the 32-degree line is down. Look how wide, by the way, the isotherms are from 32 to 35, that's not out of the question that in this in this corridor between 35 and 32, there could be some wet snow falling. Um, I'm not sure what the thicknesses are, but if it's below 540, yeah, this could be. Oh yeah, I think wet I snow. think I think that's the that's the thing. The thicknesses uh, are below 540. In fact, if you look at 850, the 850 is pretty cold. Well, we can do that by by going to lower dynamics and taking a look at the 850 temperature. And there you go. There's the zero, the zero eight fifty line. Here's here's all this mishmash of of F, F gen to the east of us. But here's the th the zero line of the eight fifty. This is the minus three line. So basically, it's it's all going to be cold up top. And it's just going to be a matter of trying maybe if we can get some of this F gen in here to cool the lower layers uh, to get some snow. And that would be again for late Monday or Monday night. So. It's interesting. It poses an interesting scenario, more interesting, I think, than what we're looking at for uh, Friday night right. and early Saturday. And, and, and it's Wednesday. We've got a long way to go for models to maneuver in all sorts of different directions, I guess. So, yes, um, I don't know that we could really say much more with respect to all of this, uh, but yeah. let me get myself back on the screen here so we can be together again. Oh, <laughs> uh, so now, I, I, we've, got, I we've to... got stuff to watch, which is which is better than not having stuff to watch. Now I have to tell you something that I think I did a favor to the folks over at uh, our our friends over at the National Weather Service in Upton, and that is, uh, I wrote to our friend Bill Goodman this afternoon, and I said, Bill. I just took a gander at the Upton zone forecasts and noticed that you guys have broad brushed both Nassau and Suffolk into one forecast, Long Island and Westchester, Rockland, Orange and Putnam into one forecast, Lower Hudson Valley. In other words, if you if you look at these forecasts, they have Long Island broken down into northern Nassau, right, southern Nassau, Nassau, northern right. Suffolk, eastern Suffolk. They're like six different zones. And yet tonight. I noticed that for Long Island, they just had Long Island forecast. For the lower Hudson Valley, instead of showing orange right. and rock, Rockland, which southern Westchester, northern Westchester. Right. Instead right. of all of doing that, they just had lower Hudson Valley. And his so I said, and I said, is this temporary or something new? I hope it's the former and not the latter. And I also pointed out, I said, quite frankly, I think that Orange County should also be broken down into two zones, north and south, with the I-84 corridor as the dividing line. Well, Bill answered me back, um, actually he answered me back about a half an hour ago. And he said, 
Hi, Joe. Hmm, that's a big problem. We created new fire weather zones that are broad brushed like that and with, and with which I also disagree, especially for Long Island, but those should not represent our public forecast zones. Thanks for catching this. I'm gonna let the folks over at the office know that this is a problem. So I, somehow or other, I think what happened is with these new fire zones that somehow or other, it got mixed in with the, with the public forecast zones. And that's why you have lower Hudson Valley and Long Island instead of the regular zones that had broken down into different places or whatever. So, and, and Bill wasn't aware of it. I don't know if anybody at the office, National Weather Service was aware of it, but now that I've brought Bill's attention to it, he's gonna tell the guys over at the weather office. And so I presume that come tomorrow, everything will be back to normal again. Well, you've done your good deed for the day. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, look, normally we would do um, Briller Le Jeopardy, Jeopardy Briller. at this, but yes. you know what? I With the crash, and I, 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 got a, I got some editing to do. I think what we'll do is we'll – you have it, right? Yes, I have uh, it Okay, tonight. so so let's save that for tomorrow night, and um, we'll decide tomorrow night whether we're going to do something Friday night. And then, yeah. then we'll let everybody know then. So, um, okay. So let me just say special thank you to everybody for hanging around during that crash that occurred at the beginning of the show. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. I wish I knew what the problem was. I thought it was maybe when you shared stuff, but that theory is now out the window. So it's something else that's causing it. And it only happens when I'm, we're doing the show. So it's probably, uh, I'm thinking it probably has to do with the software that I use for the, to broadcast with Joe as they updated it. There was an update for it about a couple of weeks ago and that's when they, the crashes start. So I'm sure, cause I've seen it before where they've sent out special fixes for other crashes that didn't impact what I was doing, but was impacting gamers and because they use this software far more in a far more sophisticated way than I do. So I'm going to go do a little investigating on my, on my own, figure this out, and we'll be back tomorrow night at 7.35. So thanks for your patience. Thanks for hanging around. And Thank, uh, you. thank and, you for the 129 likes tonight. Yes. And thank you again to Jason Kaplan, Brandon Doherty, Bob Paxton, David Fuller, and Sammy Presley for your hits on Super Chat. Joe and I always, always appreciate it yes so we'll see you tomorrow at 7 35 keep your feet you snow lovers keep your fingers crossed that the european keeps doing what it's doing and the gfs starts to come along uh for the ride so we'll see you tomorrow bye bye